The following podcast contains strong language and explicit content. And if that offends you, then I suggest you switch this off. This is a Podcast Now production. The biggest marketing tool you used on me was that there was the cranberry aloe vera juice <laughs> that you said made your vagina taste nice. So I was like necking this stuff. I mean, great marketing. Because great I, marketing. I knew you'd buy into that. <laughs> Love Bites, a podcast about all the things you're told you couldn't talk about. On today's episode, we have someone that's very special to me and our wonderful returning guest, Miss Jo Farah. Laura can't be here today because her puppy, not puppy actually, dog got his balls chopped off and um, he'll make too much noise in this episode, so she's not joining us. Hi, Jo. Hello. So nice to be back. Thanks for having me. Um, so for those of you that missed last episode, Joe Farah, I will let you do your own introduction this time, mm-hmm. is an incredible personal trainer and has really great knowledge about all things women's weight loss, which I think is very important for our listenership, but also is just one of my best friends. And we lived together as well. We did used to live together. For, what, three years? Yeah, it was that long. Oh my God, best times. We were so young. That seems literally like a lifetime ago. Do you want to come sit closer? I'm worried that you can't no, it's fine. Okay, cool. Well, um, do you want to just give our listeners a yes, bit of an... I'll introduce myself. So my name is Jo Farrah. You can find me on Instagram at Jo Farrah Fitness. And basically, I never know what to call my... I really need to come up with like a label for myself because I kind of call myself more like a health and fitness coach. Um, purely because what a lot of I do, it's not just personal training. It's a lot of like lifestyle coaching, habit coaching, nutrition coaching. Oh, actually I can add in now. I'm an EIQ certified nutritionist. Oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah, nice little label there. So basically I work with a lot of different people on helping them become the best version of themselves, feel great, and to define a healthy, balanced lifestyle for them. My sister trains with you online, she's in London, and she says it's the best weekly therapy she's ever had. (laughs) Laura's great, love her, (laughs) love her. Our chats are fantastic. Um, So I think the reason why we got Joe back on for the second time, we did last, was it last season? I think it was end of last season or, I can't remember. Yeah, anyway. like February time, was it? Okay, yeah, anyway. Um, is because we had a lot of people in the comment box when we asked for topics to talk about body confidence, not so much weight loss, but like kind of how to get back into the gym, etc. Because I think that last time we talked about how to get back into the gym. Yeah. And um, if you weren't really sure with Joe, and I think that so many people resonated with it. Mm-hmm. So we kind of wanted to bring back the chat about it. And I think that I'd really like to get your thoughts on diet culture. So straight in, straight, straight into it, because I think there's so many myth busting that we can be doing with yeah, diet culture. 100%. And I think like, I think now like 2022, a lot of labels get thrown around, don't they? Like people love to like title something. And I think with like our age group, so what, we're millennials, 30, 31, that kind of age group. We grew up when diet culture was at its absolute, Mm. like it was rife, wasn't it? Like I actually saw, you mentioned Alex Light the other day. I watched her video on, um, on, like when someone said, oh, your diet culture is just a word basically for your generation to play victim. And then she did this like reel about like all the stuff on the TV that we grew up with, like TV shows, show hosts asking people, oh, so what do you weigh? I think it was like Britney Spears or something. Mm. And um, so, yeah, so basically 
diet culture i think is well i actually got a definition here oh, from what google you. says it says refers to a set of beliefs that values thin thinness appearance and shape above health and well-being see this is traumatic this is really interesting so alex light do go and follow her on Instagram. I'm going to link it in the show notes. She is basically like an advocate for basically anti-diet culture. Mm -hmm. And I actually watched that reel as well. And yeah. I think one of them and one of my favorite shows, which I love. Sex and the City. And also hate Sex and the City. Yeah, I knew yes, you were going to say that. But also America's Next Top Model. So did you ever watch no. America's Next Top It's not your thing. I mean, I, you know what? Like, I didn't really grow up watching TV, did no, I? No, you didn't. Well, Lived in field. Obviously... I'm pretty sure a lot of other people would have watched America's Next Top Model. And we basically, as young teenagers, watched Tyra Banks basically telling this, like, you know, a Hollister T-shirt carrying a woman that she was too fat to be a model. Yeah. And we basically grew up with that. Yeah. And it is probably the most, like, damaging things I think it's done. And I definitely see now I've kind of been more introspective about my diet and my body, mm -hmm. how much that's damaged us. Yeah. And I think that... We'll talk about this in a bit in a minute, but I think, and this is what I said to you before, I think that our generation is very extremist about what we think mm -hmm. defines beauty. Yeah. Back in the day when we were young, let's say like 16, yeah. when we would have started kind of talking to boys and whatever. And like being more aware of your body. Yeah. Like I think that's the thing. Like puberty is like a difficult age for for everybody. And when you're so like susceptible to what's going on around you. And obviously we grew up before social media. So like yeah. we didn't have Instagram back in the day. Like I think we got, I think I got Facebook when I was in like what year 11. Yeah. We've been about like 17. Seven, yeah. So we didn't go through our early teen years. We had TV shows, we had magazines, we had, um, that was where, that's where we saw everything, isn't mm. it? We didn't have when like a little bit of like daily, was daily mail like online, not around then. No, we really around. Um, but yeah, I think like we grew up where people and like all the exercise videos, all of that mm -hmm. kind of stuff, like Davina McCall doing exercise videos, like sweating in your front room and trying to just become as small as possible physically. I mean, I used to at school, like me and my friend used to do the um, the vegetable sandwich diet. And this was our own concoction of sandwich where we basically, we, I went to a boarding school. So like at lunch and dinner, we would get a bread roll and just fill it with like salad and just eat bread roll. And we thought that I was, I thought I was going to lose weight from that. Like I mean, that's how mental, yeah. I mean, I was also running around like a maniac doing a hundred different sports, but also we just didn't have a clue also about like that's nutrition or anything. So that's the thing. I think like nutrition does not get taught in schools at all. I didn't like, I didn't, I didn't learn it. Like, I mean, I think it sits in the same box as like, your sex education at school it's just like shocking like you learn nothing about real life like I nothing so people people grow up we grew up not learning anything about nutrition or anything about exercise I think like I think I, I was quite lucky because I think I did grow up in a bit of a bubble and um country bumpkin so I didn't really get exposed to a lot of like big city stuff which I seen as and I grew up in a bit of a field didn't really watch much tv I mean I sound like a right weirdo now but I didn't really have much of that like so a I hillbilly think, yeah I don't think I really became aware of like dieting or anything like that until I was probably quite a bit older like probably uni like and even like mid like halfway through uni towards the end of it because I was just very sporty so I feel very lucky that I didn't get drawn into that whole like that 
until afterwards Mm. but then it's like now I'm kind of in a career in health and fitness and I think that makes so much sense because I've always seen you as someone from like even when we were younger to have a pretty healthy understanding of like what works for you and you've never really had I mean I've still done my stupid stuff yeah I mean aloe vera juice 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 cleanse I cringe but you know what right do you know what okay just just for the listeners I'm not gonna say it's proper name because it's just ridiculous but one of the stupid things that I got into back in this is probably what like six years ago yeah, yeah we, no five years ago five we years would have ago. been so it's not even that long ago yeah we were, we were 26 yeah and you know what I don't I, I try not to regret stuff because I think it all leads you to where you are now and I do think that led me to where I am now but I basically that was the thing so that was probably the first time that I tried to like quote unquote lose weight and it was I basically did this aloe vera juice cleansing which then led me on to now then wanting to sell it I mean oh my god I'm literally cringing the thought of it however that whole thing made me then it it made me get into health and fitness it made me then to educate myself so it all leads to a positive end right it made me like become aware of then I realized that it was absolute bullshit and I was like I can't believe I've been like selling this to people and then I went on a big old journey of like doing my own education doing my own like nutrition education and then becoming a PT and then quitting my job and then you know working in fitness health now so I guess I I mean I probably would have ended up here if I hadn't have had that but I do think that was like a leading I mean there was about a year where you made us drink aloe vera juice and it was probably the most revolting thing ever (laughs) absolutely horrendous and you said I remember this was also the the biggest uh I'm about to lose all credibility here sorry this was obviously we were really young the most the biggest marketing tool you used on me was that there was the cranberry aloe vera juice (laughs) that you said made your vagina taste nice so I was like necking this stuff I mean great marketing because I I knew you'd buy into that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well actually on this note so joe and i've prepared a little list so we've prepared three of the most ridiculous diets from our generation that mm-hmm. we think are the most ridiculous yes in order of their ridiculousness so joe tell me who has the bronze medal for bronze. most ridiculous diets okay so i'm gonna okay bronze medal i think goes to like I think it was called the cabbage patch. The cabbage patch isn't that at all. The cabbage soup diet. Oh no, that was what I put. Did you change that today? I put soup diet. Oh, sorry, soup diet. <laughs> well, anyways, we can we can share bronze on this. Um, I mean, I, I remember our housemate. She did the onion version of it. Yeah, the, the the French onion soup yeah. version. Basically, where you just eat soup. That's it. But it's like a prop. This okay, so. The ca- I did the cabbage soup diet, okay, with my mum and my sister. And honestly, I was like sadness personified. I was so sad because I basically, and I remember doing it at quite a young age. And I think I only did it because I must have been about 15 mm-hmm. and my sister was You're like 19. Young. Yeah, I mean, I only did it because yeah. they were doing it. And I was like, if I don't eat our cabbage soup, I'm not fucking eating. And I think, it, but it was like a weird diet because there was like, you had to eat cabbage soup for two days whatever a lot of people do these juice mm-hmm. like soup detoxes whatever me and beanie had to do it at phuket cleanse and it was fucking sad we'll come on to that shortly yeah we'll come <laughs> on to that in a minute and then like every day you could like incorporate something like a like a, just a steak cooked with nothing or like six bananas and it was like weird and yeah i think and like my mom swore by it. see now this is an interesting one because we're millennials right mm-hmm. but our parents obviously baby boomers yeah my mom still to this day and i i think that our generation is also maybe better at accepting that we were maybe wrong mm-hmm. i think that our parents generation can't accept that they aren't wrong my mom yeah. still will 
think a diet like a cabbage soup diet is works. acceptable yeah it's totally acceptable yeah. I mean the thing is right it depends what you define that works right because like you know someone in a coma is going to lose weight but whether that's advisable or not is <laughs> you know is a different story like the coma diet yeah like if someone doesn't eat or just eats soup and they're not and they're expending quite a lot of energy which we'll come on to in a minute then they're going to lose weight so it's like defined, but then they're also going to regain it when they start eating normal meals like a normal human being. I'm just changing my cabbage soup diet. I just thought of one. Um, Crack on. My silver. My yeah. silver is basically going to go to juice cleanses and detoxes. Yeah, they just, I mean, again. And this is still big though. I think some things have been called out. Do you not think? And like some things like, or maybe we're just older now, but like juice cleanses are still very rife. And I think they're quite rife here in Dubai. I think like, like I see people doing them and it's like you're just drinking juice for seven days and like I think there's also this thing which I think is probably the most um it is a I don't know if it's a marketing tool or I don't know what you would call this but people that have done a juice cleanse I mean the word cleanse and detox if you I mean first of all if your diet has a name your diet does not need a name. Yeah. But if your diet has the name cleanse or detox on the end of it, run a mile. Yeah, run. So I, so this is also hilarious. So people that have done a deeper juice cleanse, I um, I watched the stories that would have been on someone's highlights, some like yogi or whatever, who was doing a, a juice cleanse. And she said, oh, it's day two and I've got a cracking headache, but I know that it's the toxins leaving my, my body. body. Yeah. And they, they say that, they say that. And also I, me- I remember when, do you remember um, Right Market? I think it's still yeah. going on. It's Right yeah. Market, people that don't know in Dubai, who aren't in Dubai. It's basically just like a farmer's market. Um, and there was this juice brand there and he was selling juice cleansers. And he said, you'll get a headache on day two because the toxins leaving your body. And I always used to think, but I don't want a headache. Like, <laughs> I don't yeah. want a headache. That it just shows that your body is just lacking in something. Yeah. Probably hydration. Yeah, dehydration, hungry, lack of energy, like anything. Like that's just ridiculous. Okay, my gold medal yeah, goes to the grapefruit, oh steak, God. and eggs. <laughs> the grapefruit diet. Yeah. Really weird so well. I remember the person that introduced me to this, and it's a friend, like a family friend from back home, and I remember her sending me like a picture and it was like Monday through to Sunday and it was basically like breakfast lunch dinner what you had and it was like breakfast a boiled egg lunch a grapefruit dinner a steak like those things and like again like just all of this it makes it makes me really sad like it makes me really sad because these people are clearly I mean and I, I've done stuff were de- are desperate because they don't have the knowledge they don't have and I think we are in a more of a because we have got more social media now Back then, like when we were like 18, you couldn't, you didn't have access to the information now. Whereas you can Google, there's so much Google stuff now. Mm. You can Google anything. Um, But yeah, grapefruit, steak and eggs. I was also thinking about the grapefruit diet. There's, There's another grapefruit diet, which is basically, which is, I think, so ridiculous, which is basically eat grapefruit just before every meal and you'll lose weight. And I was like surely that's just because you're more full so you'll eat less but like why it specifically yes. has to be grapefruit but there's all these things that yeah. grapefruit makes you lose weight and whatever and it's actually not true not true shall i tell you mine Go right for it. my bronze medal is the baby food diet have you heard about this no. okay so basically you eat baby food for seven days and in reality you know what i've got a thing about textures like that's why i don't really like mashed potato because i don't yeah. like the texture the thought also, of baby food 
Have you eaten? Have you eaten no. your nephew's baby food? No. It is fucking disgusting. There's no salt. There's no seasoning. <laughs> it's basically just like mush. And I can understand where it's come from because baby food basically has like nothing in it. Yeah. And it has to be like super nutrient dense. Yeah. And it's in a small yeah. packet. Like those Livia kitchen things. My nephew's obsessed with them. They're fucking disgusting, but he loves them. Imagine like sucking on one of those. Yeah, pouches. they're like they're like pouches. They're like shepherd's pie frubes. <laughs> it literally makes me feel sick. So that's my third, which I just think is just stupid. Um, my second is the alkaline diet. Do you remember? Do you remember that there was a great like it. Vogue about it when we were like twenty six around the time. Actually, maybe it was a bit before. It was like point days. Maybe you hadn't moved yet. Where like everyone in the Terrafin office, which was this company that we had a lot of friends that worked there, was doing this alkaline diet, including Rebecca Tyson. <laughs> I'm gonna call her out. He fucking did this, and he said, "I actually think she was like, I didn't lose weight from it. I don't know why." Um, it's very similar to the grapefruit diet where you basically ate like boiled chicken with like raw tomatoes and like and like one boiled egg for breakfast some like dry chicken and then like dinner was like exactly the same no snacks nothing and they they marketed it as it was the alk you only ate foods that had alkaline not oh acid and it's just so, like but what? also as well if you actually if you actually try to like change the ph level of your stomach you would die like chicken and tomatoes are not gonna do that also i'm pretty sure that like isn't tomatoes quite acidic i mean i don't know but like is it i mean it changes whatever you eat changes when you go into it goes into your stomach anyways because it has to be broken down i mean we could literally go on all day but my crowning my crowning jewel of one the best marketing tool there probably was in our day was the special k diet oh gosh yeah the red was it like a girl and a woman in a red dress dress. yeah Yeah. and uh i'd have to say hats off to the marketing person who came up with a diet that if you eat three brawls of their cereal their cereal you'll lose weight i mean and the thing is and i think what all these diets have in common is one they are ridiculous but also two is and what i was about to tell you is you're just eating less. Yes. Yeah, so exactly. Just talk to us about that. So basically, first of all, I'm going to say that between diet culture and severe anti-diet, right, there is a happy middle place. Like telling, first of all, I don't believe that anyone <coughs> should tell someone what to do with their body. I think every single person should have autonomy over what they do with their body. Okay. It's completely up to them what they do. So Tom? Hi, we're just recording. Love bites. Um, we're just recording love bites. Sorry. <laughs> well, um, yes. Yeah, so everyone has full autonomy over what to do with their body, and they should never be told what to do. Second of all, is that if you do decide that you want to lose weight, first of all, make sure that's coming from a place of why. Like this is why I always go into my clients. Okay, they come and they okay, Joe, I want to lose weight. Okay, why is that? And it's like, okay, I want to feel more confident. Okay, why is that? And that diving deeper, like it might feel a bit uncomfortable and it might it might push you to think about things that you don't want to think about, but it's really, really important because if you don't know why you're doing it, if you can't articulate why you're doing it, I'm going to take a little bet and say, you're probably doing it for the wrong reasons. If you're doing it for somebody else or if you're doing it because you th- should think that you should look a certain way, it's going to be really difficult for you because you're not going to be connected to why you're doing it. So if you decide, okay, do you know what? Losing weight is something that I want to do. Then start to understand how that works. So 
calories are a form of energy and all body fat is is stored energy so if we think about it logically if we want to get rid of some of our stored body fat we need to use up that energy and the way of doing that is creating what we call a calorie deficit or an energy deficit so that's where we're consuming less than the body is requiring so we've got that deficit and then what that does is the body uses your body fat as energy and there's a myth where okay if i work out and train i'm going to turn my fat to muscle this cannot happen they are two different things it's like saying i'm going to turn a banana into a pen they're like they're made of different things um so first of all understanding that's one of the big things that i do with all my clients is get them to understand what a calorie deficit is and then coming up with a strategy and a plan that works for you and your lifestyle everybody's different there are many different ways to create a deficit and dieting can come with some like not side effects but some like you need to be aware of the dangers around it in the sense of mm-hmm. when if someone chooses to track calories for instance as their method they can they could be then come very obsessive with numbers and seeing food only as numbers but if that's tracking calories can be a great strategy for a lot of people but it's about understanding what what strategy works for you and that's not saying what diet works for you because the only way to lose weight is to be in a deficit but it's about how you go about doing that for some people that might be using tracking calories for some people that might simply be aiming to eat three meals a day and hitting a certain steps target like it depends on the person and your lifestyle yeah I love that tracking calories really works for me Mm -hmm. when I did that challenge which I'm going to do and I think that so I did the transformation challenge which is this eight-week challenge you can do it it's online and like I found it super helpful because it was a tracking calories thing and you have to do a certain amount of steps we'll obviously come to that in a second but I think that because I'm going to do it again I know what works now and mm-hmm. I will be less obsessive over it, I yeah. guess. Cause I, I think, I think like what happened with you last time was people can be very all or nothing. And it's like, I am very all or nothing. And and when someone doesn't maybe have the support, it's very easy. Like I've got clients who can fall into that trap, but what we do is understand one for me to show them, okay, this is, you're falling into this all or nothing mentality right now. We don't need to be quote unquote perfect every day. We just need to show up every day. And if something goes wrong, like tomorrow is a new day, but rather than just swiping it under the carpet, thinking about, okay, how can I prevent that happening again? And don't be hard to on, on yourself. So show yourself self-compassion. So if this was a friend saying to you, I really messed up yesterday, what would you tell them to do? You would say, okay, don't worry, but maybe how can we like get around that going mm. forward? Like if it's that you missed the gym or if it's that you didn't hit your steps or you overrate when you went out for a social occasion, like no point in hating on yourself because that's not going to get anywhere Mm. but understanding like okay do you know what I know that if I do that again I would do it in a different way I think it's also like and I love what you preach as well and I think we spoke about this last time you were on is your life doesn't have to be on hold for you to lose yes 100% like and that's something that I'm now kind of getting yeah into and I think that maybe this is because my boyfriend is extremely sociable whereas I have been known to basically become a hibernate yeah and especially I used to go through phases of not drinking for like weeks and weeks and then binge which I used to then hate myself way more than what I've done recently which is socialize more but I'm so excited not to socialize this weekend Mm -hmm. I have to say but I have noticed that when we go out I definitely drink less than what I used to because I'm not on a binge yeah and weirdly my hangovers are much better but maybe that's just because one 
my body's maybe a bit more used yeah, to it. You've probably got a higher tolerance. Higher tolerance. And I also think that it hasn't stopped me from going to the gym or like it hasn't stopped me from it hasn't made me hate myself because I'm drinking more yeah and I think maybe it's just like a mindset and I think as well like like it's defining what health what is healthy for you and like a lot of people will compare themselves to other people on social media or whatever it is because they might see someone okay this one person on they see on Instagram or something and they might have a body which they admire and they might live a lifestyle that they admire but that could that might not be healthy that might not be healthy for the person doing it and that might not be healthy for you so understanding like okay do you know what what are your values as a person like if social connection is a value and that you do that in the form of going out for a couple of drinks with some friends removing that from your life is not going to be great because you're not mm. you're not going to be getting that like you're not going to be getting that connection from your friends. That doesn't mean to say that you can't do other th- other things with your friends. You can, but if you're a person and you really enjoy going out for a couple of drinks, and it's not excessive every single weekend. Like I will say, there's also like I think there's a thing in social media now where it's like you can eat all of this and you can drink all of this and still lose weight. And as much as I love that and I love the flexibility, it might not be true for some people because depending on what their lifestyle looks like. If you've got a person who is quite a short person, a short woman, for instance, and she works in an office eight hours a day, sits at a desk, her, like what we call BMR, so her body at rest is probably going to be burning quite low calories because she's a small human being in terms of height and she's sitting at a desk for eight hours a day. That's basically describing me. <laughs> so you're, gonna, you're not going to use as much energy throughout the day as, say, a fitness person who is teaching six hours of spin a day and is five foot nine Mm. because they're going to have they're going to be using a lot of energy throughout the day they're not sat at a desk for eight hours a day and this is why I hate when influencers do what I eat in a day I think it's Mm. really traumatic because it's like you've got like a quote-unquote normal person who has a nine-to-five job and she's comparing what she's eating to somebody who is training for two hours a day three hours a day and works for themselves, has a flexible life and can go on two hour walks a day. So it's like, you cannot compare the two. So I think it's one having realistic expectations. And that's why understanding calories can really help people Mm. because it's like, okay, this is your calorie target for you to be in a deficit, but this is your maintenance target. And that deficit, say it's like 300 to 500 calories of a deficit, then it's like, okay, do you know what? Actually, I'm going to choose the things that I do now. I can go out with my friends and I can have two or three drinks, but I don't, I could, don't need to go out and have 10. Yeah. So it's like finding that balance. Yeah, I love that. Now, just you touched on something that I really, really want to talk about. We've got time. Also, sorry, we go there. Is that I think that people, especially what people that are either not, in, I don't want to say into fitness or a bit scared of the gym, which mm-hmm. a lot of people are and they don't know how to start. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> or people who don't love doing high intensity. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're more into yoga or whatever. Yeah. Is that low intensity, so long walks, yep. are, is just as important for weight loss as I, I my point is that you you don't you don't yeah. need to smash the gym CrossFit every single yeah. day to lose weight yes 100 about that please. so i think one i think i think we need to disconnect the two in the sense of exercise and training whatever you want to call it is to get fitter is to get stronger if fat loss weight loss is your goal 
then that is going to come likely from outside of the gym. Like if you go to the gym mm. for one hour a day, even if you're doing a hit class, high intensity, whatever it is, that is one hour. And also you're not working out that whole hour because you've got rest periods and stuff. That's 4% of the day. So you've got 23 hours in the day where you're actually going to use more energy than in that one class. You're, and also guys, your Apple watch and your Fitbit and your Garmin are not accurate. You did not just burn 800 calories in that. Session. I've honestly stopped wearing my watch because Great. do you know it, I sometimes I put it on sometimes I forget and I think it's because I used to get to the point where like I remember this one time I went to a spin class and I literally died probably because mm-hmm. you know I wasn't that good cardio I only burnt 200 and something calories and it made me feel bad yeah. I was like hang on a second but I just like that enjoyed means... myself and all this stuff and I've come out feeling like shit but that means you were going to that gym to burn calories. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also not good. Yeah. It's not not good. I think, I think like a lot of people do it. And I think that's when you need to question yourself and be like, am I only, if, if exercise had nothing to do with making your body smaller or losing weight, would you still do it? And I'm not saying to you in general, I'm saying like, ask yourself that question. If you're listening to this, like, are you associating exercise with losing weight because if that is the key and you're doing it and you don't actually enjoy what you're doing it's not going to be sustainable mm. for you um what was your question again oh about hit yeah so basically if you're going to the gym and smashing it i'm talking about like doing hit every single day that also could impact your losing weight because you could have a higher drive to eat by doing that you could hit is actually quite renowned for increasing your appetite Oh yeah! Oh because my god! Because you burn a lot of calories. You haven't actually burned that many calories. And what Fee was saying about like it's called LIST, like low intensity, steady state cardio. You're gonna get, you're gonna burn more energy going for, a, say, a sixty minute walk than you probably are doing a like fifteen minute fat burner that you see on YouTube. Mm. I think that's super interesting. And I think that it's a really important thing to say to people that are scared. Cause yeah. I'm going to use that word scared because yeah. we get a lot of messages saying like, I'm scared. And like my friend who I did the challenge with, <coughs> she was someone who said she was scared of the gym. Yeah. I did one couple of sessions with her in the gym. Like weight actually, training in the gym. Weight training yeah. in the gym. Cause you get given these, they're not yeah. like, they're like half an hour sessions. Um, and in the end she lost eight kilos Mm -hmm. from doing this challenge from and she said she didn't even do the workouts that often because she was in a calorie deficit she was and she said she drank every single weekend and she was just sensible yeah and she was doing ten thousand steps a day let's quickly touch on this ten thousand steps a day is it a myth so why is it ten thousand steps so actually the ten thousand came from a marketing ploy because it's a nice round number okay but but that being said, the research and the studies show, so the old research, but there's some new research we'll come back to, that said doing, if you've got a person who's doing 2,000 steps a day, okay, and you take that person from 2,000 steps to 8,000 steps consistently for like, for time, they decrease their mortality rate, their death rate by 46%. Oh my God. So yeah, it's scary. So being sedentary, like human beings are not built to be still. Like we were never built to sit at a desk for nine hours a day, eight hours a day. No. And if you think about 2000 steps, it's not a lot. And if you're somebody, and again, I don't mean to scare you if you're listening to this and you're thinking, shit, I do two, 3000 steps a day. You can, you can improve your health massively by taking you yourself from two to 8,000. So any of my clients, the minimum I will set them is 8K. Mm. 
But also I think we need to realize like environment has a massive impact on this. Like if you live in Dubai and you listen to this and you work like in like the main hub areas, it's not built for walking. You can't, you don't really, people don't really walk to work unless no. you live like in the Marina. You can't you... even like walk to lunch. Yeah. And um, obviously there are places that you can go for walks and stuff, but it's not easy where if you're someone who lives in London and you get the tube, then you're probably naturally without even doing anything outside of your day-to-day work, you're probably going to do more steps. Like you noticed that when you moved to London, didn't you? Oh my God, absolutely. I used to do tons of steps. Yeah. Would you say though, like <clears throat> if I was to do this challenge again, mm-hmm. which I am doing, obviously like I'll do the 12,000, whatever he's going to tell me to do. Would you say that if I was after the challenge, instead of being like so stuck on steps, be like, make sure you do an hour walk a day. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I think that that's sometimes, I think that like, the, the number of calories I think is obviously important whatever if you're like trying to lose weight but things like steps and also like how much time you're doing workouts for like you don't need to do an hour workout a 30 minute workout can be just as effective for muscle building oh, but I think that doing being like right an hour an hour an hour walk a day is lovely yeah, but I will say some people won't be able to do that. It depends yeah. on what their it depends on what their like responsibilities are. But yeah, doing being active, just like trying to and make small things throughout the day. Like and and if you're someone and you listen to this and like weight loss, fat loss is your goal, then yes, trying to be more active. But if you're someone listening to this and you just want to improve your health and you're sitting there and you're looking at your Fitbit or your Apple Watch and you're saying, I do two, three thousand steps try and get yourself to six to eight thousands don't go from two to 15 because it's just never going to happen like Mm. think about building momentum like hey do you know what how can I make my life a bit more active can I park further away and it sounds stupid and you probably have heard these things said before but they work and it's like all of this added up throughout the day can have could add like three or four thousand steps onto your day parking further away in car parks not getting escalators and lift like taking the stairs um even doing like a 50, you, you don't need an hour even, even doing a 15 minute walk in the morning and a 15 minute walk in the evening, that's 30 minutes a day. One of my clients actually, she, um, and you do not need to buy one of these, but she got um, a desk pad thing to go underneath oh, her desk. So cool. um, and so she gets up now and she does 15 minutes on that while she's doing like a morning meditation or whatever it might be. Like, don't, I think it's so easy to compare and look at what other people are doing, but like, just think about where you are right now and what small difference can you make? If that's adding a 15 minute walk in the morning, do that, do it for a week and then be like, okay, do you know what? I'm gonna now do that in the evening or I'm gonna increase that to 30 minutes and relate it to health rather than to weight loss. Mm-hmm. So like the reason why you're doing it, be like, okay, do you know what? I want, I value my health. I wanna look at, I wanna live for a long time. So I'm gonna look after myself by moving my body. I think before we move on, I think what I found the most interesting was when I did this challenge with the steps, which was the most, when I was like actively tracking steps and I was doing 12,000 steps a day Mm -hmm. and I was doing the like gym workout, which was much less intense than my usual gym workouts that I would usually do. They took me sometimes 20 minutes. Yeah. And I would say like, I'm relatively strong in general and I didn't find them that hard, quote unquote hard. When I then went back to the gym and I went to the den and I did my first ever den session Mm -hmm. and I was so scared, I was more fit then from doing, I think, the steps than I am now. Yeah. Because I die in the den. And I was like, oh my God, I was so fit then, but I was like doing less workout. Yeah, because people associate like getting the heart rate up and um, feeling like sweaty and and like, like dead after a workout to like, 
I'm getting fitter. And it's like, if you're working out for short, like if you're doing something like 30 seconds on 30 seconds off, it depends on what you're doing. Like you're probably not like you've got, you are going to build fitness and don't get me wrong. Like all exercise and all movement is great. Like if you enjoy going to a hit class, do it. And if, and if, if you're going to, if that's going to be your exercise and it's the only thing that you enjoy doing it, keep doing it but just be mindful of like the way that you think about it and think and don't think of it like I'm going to do this hit class because I'm going to burn as many calories as I can because that's not right it's not one it's not right and two it's not it's not helpful or healthy El Couture recommends we of course have our code that remains love bites 20 and this can be used multiple times by any customer on full price items we have free global shipping on orders over $100, tax and duties covered by El Couture. There is a four-hour Dubai delivery available, and there are now three stores, Alwassel, JBR, and the Mall of Emirates pop-up. I went the other day. It is literally the coolest store ever. If you know the mall well, it's right next to Emez on that side. It's like above Zara Home. Mm-hmm. Um, it is such a cool is it, store. Is it big as well? It is big, yeah. I would say, yeah, it's, it is big. Also, how amazing that they're now in Mall of the Emirates. I know, honestly. Like, they're, it's, and a female founder. Female founder, female run, um, athleisure brand. Get yourself down to Mall of Emirates. They have all the collections there. It's a really great experience. Also, which I will say, which I think that a lot of other stores are lacking. I went into the changing rooms and I didn't hate great myself. Great lighting. Great lighting. Oh. I didn't hate myself because I je- I tried something on when I was there the other day and I went in my absolute fear yeah. and phobia is trying stuff on. I'm sorry, but I just, I hate it. It baffles me though that places do this. Like, why would lighting you do is that? so important and spotlights are not the one they're not I down mean, lighting is not the one to honestly side the, lighting the mirrors and the general like experience of the changing rooms is so much nicer than anywhere else i've been i was like wow okay i'm here for this they have good delighting also in their Alwassel store just for everyone to know right joe farrow okay. tell me what is your recommendation so mine is quite sciencey yeah i love that though um and it's it's a podcast by Huberman Lab. So it's a guy called Andrew Huberman. And basically his podcast is great. If you're a bit of a geek and you like to know like the science behind stuff, then his it's it's quite heavy. Like the podcast are like an hour and 50. And this one was on um, what alcohol does to your body. Yes. Okay. You sent this to me. Yeah. And I think like it's, it's really interesting. And again, not to like scare people, but he talks, he and he's talking about data and science. And I think like, that's really important to know because a lot of people go off like anecdotal, like this worked for me and that worked for me. Whereas like, it's very science led. And basically one of the, one of the big takeaways that I took from it was that he, he calls it to moderate to high alcohol um, intake is one to two drinks a day. Right. But that can be over the week. So that's from seven to 14 drinks a week. So, which is not difficult to do seven drinks in a weekend so say, for instance, you go out, you have two or three drinks on a Friday night, and then you go somewhere and you have four drinks on a Saturday. Okay. Mm. Someone probably wouldn't call that. Like, I don't think I would have called that high alcohol intake, but it's classed as high alcohol intake. And he basically talks about the effect that this high, this consistent, I'm not saying you do that once, but this consistent high alcohol intake has on your brain. And basically it, like cognitively it can like slow you down it can make you not have as clear and we all you kind of know that anyway yeah but basically he talks about how to for your brain to repair you then need to go through like 
he said two to six months of sobriety wow yeah and the other the other thing this is scary and again i don't mean to scare people and he reiterates this in the podcast like he's just looking at the data but he talks about um the risk from alcohol intake to cancer and specifically breast cancer and there's a very high Mm, i can't remember the stats off the top of my head but really really interesting well when you said that to me i was sitting next to my boyfriend who was extremely hungover and i was like i think you should listen to this tonight and he was like i don't want he was like i don't want to be scared because he drinks a lot more recently because yeah. he's not working at the moment so like yeah. I mean it's like lockdown like how do you break up your day but um I'm gonna send it to him yeah <laughs> it's really box. good um so my recommendation is a film that has just come out called Stranger in Our Bed um it's actually a adaptation of a novel it's basically like a crime thriller and the reason why I'm saying this is because you love a crime I love a crime thriller is because one of the actors in it follows me on Instagram and he was trying on with me for ages really is he like really famous no he's not super famous um he, I'll tell you this. So it was one of these things. God, I fucking hope he doesn't listen to it. Imagine. Um, imagine. Um, so he is in The Witcher. I'm not going to say his name. And obviously my friend Faye does the casting yeah. for The Witcher. And this was obviously way back when I was okay, single. Yeah. And like Faye basically tried to set us up. It like didn't work. It was like UK lockdown never kind of worked. And then like we followed each other on Instagram and like we've never met. Mm-hmm. But then um, we've kind of like just like we kind of like chatted a bit and then we were going to meet up and we didn't meet up and then um and then obviously like I got a boyfriend anyway so I was like I'm just going to recommend that because it actually genuinely looks really really good I think he plays the love interest in it he's extremely good looking um so yeah watch the stranger in our bed it's on Amazon Prime I don't think it's free I think you have to rent it but it's like three pounds or something to rent um so have a watch of that if you like crime thriller and then I have got another Colleen Hoover um recommendation from Alcatraz thank you so much um by the way I'm now reading um It All Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover which was our other recommendation by Alcatraz I don't think it'll be your thing you like you don't like a fiction so no but you know what I said to myself the other day I really need to get into some fiction because I think it's quite a good like to have your like I only read like non-fiction self-development business marketing psychology fitness so but, fiction but I think I think I think I should get into fiction what fiction does I'll obviously tell you what the recommendation is in a second I'm sure you're all on tender hooks and <laughs> um, what I think fiction does is it improves your vocabulary and the way you mm. write because obviously if you're reading yeah. I also have noticed that like I can really only read specific um books like I'm someone that if I'm not gripped from the first page I yeah. can't read it yeah like I can't you know people are like recommend these books to me like oh it takes a couple of chapters and then you get into it I'm like I can't I'm just not gonna yeah, read yeah. it like I have to be like gripped from the first page mm-hmm. so I'll tell you because they'll yeah. be gripping anyway Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover is Elkjaw's recommendation it is a love attraction story I won't go into it too much because I've also not read it but I am currently reading a Colleen Hoover and she's an excellent writer so and lots of people have said she's very easy to read. So like you'll read yeah, yeah. it very quickly, which I think is great. Um, do you have anything else to add, my friend? Um, I think actually I'm going to I'm going to leave the listeners with some pearls of wisdom. OK, I like that. And it's going to be about goal setting because okay, I, I think like goals get thrown around a lot. And I think, like I said at the start, what I the one thing to take away from this podcast day is to 
make sure that your goals are your goals and don't see what someone else is doing on Instagram and be like, I want to do that. Get inspired by people by all means, but really think about, and this is something I say to my clients all the time, if they listen, they're going to be like, here she goes again. In six months time, what would make you proud? Like what if you could look back and say, do you know what? I'm so proud of that. Sorry, I'm just thinking. I thought you were going to start crying. No, 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 I'm singing. When I'm singing the Heather Small song. What have you done that's my, that's my half marathon running training song. So think about what's going to make you proud. And also I think if you're somebody and you, you, you don't exercise and you don't, you're not like into fitness, you don't have to be into fitness to move your body. Find something, find some form of movement that you enjoy. It could be skateboarding, it could be skiing, shagging. It could be shagging. <laughs> Can you just I know we're gonna we're running over just quickly. Do you think that I mean when you're banging someone, you're burning some cows? Yeah, you are burning cows. Okay, so I've done exercise this week. Yeah. Once. <laughs> I haven't done any exercise this week. Well, actually, I'm doing I also force the exercise to be done this week. I mean, also, it depends on like if you just do a starfish surprise and just lay there, then no. But if you're, you know, reverse cowgirl and riding on top, then yeah. I'm going to have a quad burn. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm going to have a Google. Actually, I should have done this before. I'm going to Google what's exercise burns the most calories. And then no, gonna... because we don't want to equate exercise to burning okay, calories. Okay, fine. Yeah. Be. I mean, literally, we, we want just to have just... all the guts. But, 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 but see, do you know, it's so ingrained in us. That is true. Well, yeah, it's like in, like in you, it's ingrained in that. Like, and again, catch yourself out. Like, if you're going to the gym purely to burn calories, then ask yourself why. And ask yourself, well, we know why. We grew up with diet culture. But ask yourself, okay, can I find a type of exercise that I actually enjoy and it has nothing to do with burning calories? It's something that you enjoy. Like paddle, everyone's got obsessed with paddle here, haven't they, at the moment? Should we go try it? Yeah, I mean, my hand-eye coordination is pretty shocking, but I'll give it so a So is mine, we were great there. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Joe Farah. Oh, and thank you for being lovely. on our podcast. This has been great. I love you lots. And you. Thank you so much.